welcome back to the Flow and Flourish podcast. Y'all, we are in week four of this I Am a History Maker series, and it doesn't feel like it. But can I be honest real quick? If I didn't love what I was doing and love really being able to bring you guys the best of the best when it comes to other women that are making history, I wouldn't be doing this because pumping out two episodes a week ain't no joke. So I would be lying if I said I wasn't excited to go back to one episode a week starting next month. So get in while you can these double up bonus episodes, okay? And speaking of which, today I have another fellow Purpose to Platform sister that we will be talking to. We talking all about cash flow in this episode. And I'm really excited to share her knowledge, her expertise, her background with you. So let me go ahead and get into this. But of course, before I do, I have to let you know that this episode is being brought to you by The Art of Flow, which is my signature 12-week individual coaching program that really focuses on helping you to regain control of your life by aligning your values and your priorities. I help you to release outdated and limiting beliefs. We focus on creating and implementing boundaries and really designing a life that meets your terms. Because as the one in your friend and family circle groups, as a mom, a wife, and or a business owner, you have a lot that you are juggling. And I want to help you be able to do those things so that you can show up in excellence with energy, with gratitude, and without the stress and overwhelm. So if this sounds like something that would be beneficial to you, then go directly to my website and click on the work with me tab and find out more about the 12-week individual Art of Flow coaching program. All right, now let me introduce you to Gail. Gail Rice is a financial wellness coach who uses her decade of experience in mortgage banking to help families gain momentum and make strides towards their goals of financial health. What began as a no-nonsense approach to financial counseling has developed over time into a holistic approach to financial wellness that is centered on the individual and focused on striking balance, honoring your true self, and enriching financial confidence. Please help me welcome my girl, my sister friend, my P2P sister, Gail, to the Flow and Flourish podcast. Hey, Gail. Welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. I'm super excited to have you too. I know that we talked offline a little bit about trying to get together and it's just really great to have you on for this cash flow pillar. And I want to first and foremost, let everybody know kind of how we met because I talk so much in my lives and in my posts about purpose to platform and it literally changed my life. And so I met Gail during purpose to platform and we were in the program. How long ago was that? It don't feel like too long ago. Oh my gosh. About three months now. Yeah. Ended in what? September, October, November. 
October. One of those months, October. October. <laughs> Ended in October. Oh, it's and- been more than three months. Oh my gosh, why does it feel like yesterday? That's why. See, I'm thinking too, like how long ago was that? But Gail is amazing and has such a great story. And I'm really excited to have her here today. So Gail, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about you and kind of how you got into this space? Sure. I think that my journey towards, I would say getting my financial life together began when I pretty much failed out of college my first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I, maybe I failed on purpose. Like I just mm-hmm. knew it wasn't a place I needed to be. I probably was the student that needed to wait a little while before going away, but I was following the rules. I was doing the things that people said I was supposed to do. What they myself, said, right? right? What they said and found myself on a campus I was only like two hours away from my family, but still I would walk around every day just asking myself, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I was on like my third major change. Mm. It just was time to come home. But when I did come home, I found myself working a job where I was severely underpaid, mm. living in a tiny, <laughs> dark, barely decorated apartment. Mm-hmm. And I think I went to buy a car for the first time when I began to understand that my credit score was around a 520. It was the first time I ever checked it. Mm-hmm. I was a chronic overdrafter. If you asked me, I had told you I couldn't afford to save money, but I was paying hundreds of dollars to the bank every month in fees. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of a, all right, girl, you got to get your life together. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> What are we doing here? We were (laughs) never supposed to end up in this space. And so it was kind of a line in the sand moment. I tell a story about working at a department store and realizing that my bank account was overdrafted so much that even my next paycheck wasn't going to get me set back right. And so the line in the sand moment was necessary. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I began to explore different financial gurus, some who were brought to me through my church, others who I'd seen on television. And I thought they were amazing at the time. Mm -hmm. I still credit the beginning of my journey to them um, and being able to get out of that hole. Mm -hmm. Like who were you looking at at that time? Girl, Dave Ramsey. Okay. I'm going to say I owe a lot to Dave. My daddy used to call me Dave Ramsey Jr. because I was always (laughs) (laughs) Dave Ramsey said... (laughs) I was handing out copies of his books to everybody at Christmas time because I just believed in his message so much. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I dislike Dave now in this space. It's just that I've come to understand that every influencer, every expert, every guru has their target audience that they're talking to. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if they don't explicitly state it, we don't come to understand that they're not really talking to us mm-hmm. it's so, like a fit right like yeah just as you think about different jobs the different gurus that we have out there some are better fit for different types like everything ain't for everybody and you don't know that until you get in so go and ahead I would <laughs> add that everything ain't for every part of your life if yeah. that makes sense because yeah. in that season when I was in that hole his no holes barred approach. Um, <laughs> it worked for me. Like, get yeah. your life together. You're being stupid. What you're doing is dumb right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
But after I got myself out of the hole, I came to realize that I was starting to fall into a funk, kind of, because I was continuing down this path of wanting to be completely debt-free. And I was listening to him uh, continue to talk about how we can work our way through school. We shouldn't have student loans and all these things. It's like, all right, but I have the student loans. So (laughs) that doesn't (laughs) apply to me. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't apply to me. And not only that, but if I continue to walk myself down this path of just throwing everything towards the debts, eating rice and beans, not taking vacations, not eating in restaurants. It was like, I was okay with making those kinds of sacrifices in the beginning, but they were only supposed to last for a short amount of time. And the position that I was in, I wasn't going to be one of those people who paid off $230,000 of debt in 18 months. Mm -hmm. I mean, can we stop for a minute and divide $230,000 by 18 months? (laughs) Ma'am, I'm not going to say I'm not good with math, but my mental math is not the sharpest, but that sounds like a whole lot of money. You, you doing Look, the math? Uh, let me pull out the calculator here. Yes. Who has an extra $19,000 a month laying around? Who's earning $19,000 a month to begin with? Ma'am. And you know what? I want to go back to something that you said, because it's really looking at, okay, his approach was good for that season, right? It's yeah. supposed to be temporary. But it's just like any other area of our life. If you are constantly depriving yourself of all of these different things, there's going to be a snowball effect because you've been in deprivation for so long that, okay, now I'm about to go ham. I'm about to make it rain. I'm going on every vacation because I have not done any of that. And so I love that you recognized that it, that did not fit for you in that season. And sometimes, and talk about that a little bit because the depression, the funk, the stuff, the feelings that came with that. I take it that what you were going through helped you to shift your perspective to do something different. Absolutely. Because the alternative to I'm about to go ham is I've been depriving myself for so long that I don't even know what I want anymore. Mm. I don't even recognize like what my body's telling me. It needs what my spirit is crying out for because I've just been going so hard, like towards this goal and this rigid, you know, making myself fit into this mold that doesn't suit me. Mm-hmm. And so it was a real sense of failure, even though I was doing all the stuff and the things mm-hmm. every month. I felt like I was failing because life continued to happen, mm-hmm. life continued to progress forward. I had a child. I would just like everyone to know that my child's daycare right now, daycare and mortgage, they're neck and neck. Ma'am, let me tell you something. That is literally one of the reasons that we downsized and that I stepped away from work as well, because I'm like, look, we're paying just as much for our kid to be taken care of during the day. And now we're in this cycle of, I got to go to work because I got to pay the mortgage and I got to pay daycare. Like daycare costs are so expensive. And I remember, (laughs) I remember when my daughter was in daycare, I think she was like four and I had just moved back to Chicago. And I think I was making like $29,000 a year at the time. And so to me, that was a whole lot, right? 
because mm. I'm like, oh, I'm salary. So, <laughs> so I'm good. And I remember not really still being able to make ends meet. Like we were still robbing Peter to pay Paul for lack of better words. And I mm-hmm. called the, you know, the public aid office and I'm like, well, do you have anything for people that are barely over the poverty line? And she told me I could either quit my job, not even quit, that she basically couldn't help me unless I didn't have a job or I have another kid. And so I remember saying, so you telling me I either need to have another baby or be unemployed and that's the only way you can help me? And she said, yeah, exactly. I was so mad I hung up on her and I was at work. Like I remember slamming the phone down. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's like, where's the relief for the people that are basically above that poverty line? How do we get to a place where we really can afford to do daycare and pay our bills and take care of ourselves and go on a vacation? And that's exactly what I mean about doing all the things that you're supposed to do and yet being stuck with this feeling that you just can't get ahead. Yeah. Right. And so for me, one thing I had to do was sit down and journal about all the wins, all the things that we did. Like to look back and realize we cash flowed that baby. Like the insurance (laughs) I had at that time didn't pay that much. Okay. It was one of those higher deductible. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we were able to pay the, did you know that you get a hospital bill and a doctor bill and a pit? Like who, who knew? I didn't know that until afterwards. Yeah, they don't tell you that. <laughs> so you're able to pay thousands of dollars in medical bills, pay down debt. We drove paid for cars. We were able to purchase this house. And it got to a point of, okay, let's just take a breath, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> we did that. We've been doing the stuff. And in this season, I need to see some numbers going up. <laughs> I mean, I've been throwing everything at debt. It's time to start seeing these accounts grow mm-hmm. and so shifted into more of, we're still going to head down this road of financial wellness mm-hmm. and financial confidence is really the approach that I like to take, mm-hmm. but we're going to think about what I actually need in this season and work towards that for a little bit. And so my approach now is really centered on the individual. What are you wanting to see in this season? Does winning in that season look like buying a house, mm-hmm. transitioning careers, getting your bag up, get, finding our way to a, a larger income? What does that look like for you? And let's work on that. Let's work on what feels good. Mm-hmm. Because depriving yourself, if you got to make sacrifices for the short term, yes. But if you're not allowing yourself to have any joy in this thing called life, then what are we doing? Mm. Bam, this is so good. Like, so I wrote down financial wellness and financial confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of us don't even know what both of those mean. So could you talk a little bit about what that is? Because as I think about financial wellness and what it means to me, It's not only being able to pay my bills, right? But being able to have a little extra for a vacation, being able to save for college, like it's going to vary for everybody. So tell me in your work, how do you define financial wellness? And then how do you define financial confidence? Okay. So you did the most important first step, which is describing what it means to you. Because a lot of people don't even have an understanding of what financial wellness would look like to them. 
And it's not something that we define it and that's just what it is. I'm all about moving your life forward in whatever sense that makes you know the most sense to you. Mm-hmm. But also realizing that with every new level, there's a new devil. <laughs> every new level comes with a new devil and so at every different stage of life you've got to be able to identify what financial wellness means to you and you're exactly right it's more than just being able to pay the bills what is your insurance looking like Mm. banking what is that looking like are you paying fees to a bank every month for the privilege of being able to keep your money there Let's pause right there for a second, because I, too, was the overdraft queen, right? Like, (laughs) I remember early on. Now, I've had my own bank account since I was 14. I don't know why they let 14-year-olds open bank accounts back then, but I did it, and it wasn't something that my parents told me to do. But as I got older, I remember specifically, and don't judge me, knowing I didn't have enough money in my bank account but going to the ATM and taking out $600 and I'm like I'm just gonna pay the overdraft fee because I need this to pay rent or I need this to pay daycare not realizing that not only is there that initial fee right but if you don't pay it back typically I haven't overdrafted in a long time but I think then it was seven days it's like a 37 or $50 charge every day some banks charge you by the day wow and it just depends on the institution. And girl, judgment where? I just told you I was overdrafted so much. <laughs> that next paycheck was maybe going to put me back to zero. Listen, yeah, to the point where I remember canceling direct deposit. Like, no, nah, y'all can't even put that in my account because <laughs> the way my bill's set up. Right. And then having the check. accounts closed. Yeah. And then having the accounts closed. But had enough sense to say, you know what? I do want to have a bank account because it's easier for me. It saves me time to not have to go to a currency exchange Mm -hmm. to cash my check. So they're taking money from me. I have to learn how to manage this money better. Mm -hmm. And ma'am, just, I know I went off on a tangent, but that paycheck to paycheck is real. Yeah. So your relationship with banking, your relationship with debt, Mm -hmm. What are you comfortable with debt wise and the level that you know you would be comfortable with is that where you are or is that something that we need to work on? What is savings looking like? You know, if you felt like you met your savings goal, what would that be and where are you right now? So that's more of a financial wellness check. Now, financial confidence. Come on. That's a different thing. Let's talk about this. (laughs) I can have the paycheck to cover my bills. I can have some savings. I have bomb credit score. My insurance is taken care of. I got good benefits at work. And yet when I walk into a bank to sit down and discuss a loan, I don't know where I'm starting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sitting there um, feeling like I was at a deficit. Like I got to beg these people to give me a loan instead of having an understanding coming in of what I can qualify for what I can ask them to do for me, what I can tell them I want from this banking situation, being able to name my expectation that during this loan process, you stay in touch with me. And these are the kind of details that I need to know. That's financial confidence. It's a different layer. Even if we're not talking about getting a loan, having different choices. Mm -hmm. So this house, that was my goal. I found my (laughs) 
vision board from, I think, 2014. So one of the things on there was purchasing a house. It's so funny to see Patrice's picture on there. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> she is goals. So that was on my vision board. So the house that I've been working for so many years to get, and again, going down the rigid path, if I have to have this in place and this in place and this in place before I buy the house, when I finally got to the point where it was time to take the leap, we get into the house and then it would rain and I would come home and be like, what does that smell? Like, you smell that? I feel like it went on for a year and my husband being like, no, like you're crazy. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we got a cinder block foundation in the basement. Nothing going right? on. <laughs> it's starting to crack in places. And then over time, that like mildewy smell, basement smell starts to become more apparent. And then the next thing you know, we got to spend $16,000 to get this basement waterproofed, to get a trench system put in so that our foundation doesn't, you know, crack and shift and all those horrible things over the coming years. And so financial wellness is, yeah, I can get approved for a loan you know, if I needed to, to finance that financial confidence was being able to sit back and say, I got options. These are the different routes that I could go. I could take some money out of my savings account. I can refinance my house and pull some equity out to pay for that. Mm. Or I can, you know, throw it on this Amex over here, or we can do financing with the company. Mm. Financial confidence is knowing that I have all these different options available to me and knowing how they would work and knowing how they would affect my cash flow. Wow. So it's two different layers. I just, I'm at a loss for words because even for me, this is educational, right? I've never thought about it as financial wellness versus financial confidence because anytime, you know, before I was saving and having things in place, I never felt like I had options. I was scrambling. Mm -hmm. My options were either a overdrafting my account Mm -hmm. or going to the legal extortion of a payday loan place Mm -hmm. and not understanding that. And so really being able to have the confidence, knowing that you have options is like mind blowing especially for people of color, because this is not something that we talk about. I just told you, I learned my financial stuff from Google. Exactly. And, I mean, it maybe wasn't even Google then. It was probably what? What was the search engine? Yahoo? Yahoo was Ask helping Jeeves. me figure it out. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Jeeves, how can I get an extra? Or then even early on trying to figure out how I know I need to increase my income. How can I do that? I remember doing MLM stuff like, and really just not understanding our options. So I'm so thankful that you are out here doing it and helping us understand what that looks like. So in the work that you're doing, talk to me a little bit about this community that you have. My confident home buyers community that comes from now, mind you, Look, let me let it be an example of how sometimes the people at the bank don't even know what they're talking about when they're telling you all the things that you should do because they're trying to sell you something to get their bag up, right? They're mm-hmm. paid on commission. Come on, enlighten us. Okay. <laughs> I was working for a mortgage company when I was in the financial hole. Mm. And so part of that getting out of the hole at first worked with high asset clients and When I was feeling brave enough, I would just ask them, like, how did you get into this position? Mm. 
you know? Um, some of them gave me really good answers. Some of them hit me with a, you know, pay yourself first and kept it pushing. Yeah. But I worked for a mortgage, well, not for a mortgage company, but in the mortgage industry mm-hmm. for, I would say 13 years. Okay. And so while I didn't have an appreciation for all of the workplace politics and, you know, just some of the yucky stuff yes. <laughs> that comes along with a job, I always loved helping people through that process. Mm -hmm. Because buying a house usually is one of the biggest financial transactions that we undertake in Mm -hmm. our whole lives. It has all these twists and turns. And people don't talk about what they go through Mm -hmm. when they're buying a house. Maybe if their loan officer is making them angry or leaving them to feel like they're out on a ledge, you'll hear how unhappy they are. But Mm -hmm. everything that they did to get into position the research they had to do if they did any. People don't typically talk about or share all of those details, especially if fixing their credit was a part of that. Um, Having bad credit, (laughs) figuring out how to get out of that hole, that's not something that people are so much willing to like come forth and talk about, even though having those conversations helps everybody so much. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create the space where, look, I'm not in the mortgage industry anymore, but I have all this knowledge. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I'm not a licensed real estate agent. I'm not a licensed lender. I'm not making a commission off of you buying a house. <laughs> but I'm Let here you to be clear. Right. <laughs> I'm here to help you get ready for that process so that when you're ready to cross that threshold, you're doing it with confidence. Mm-hmm. You can sit down with a loan officer and talk about what you want instead of coming from the standpoint of what can I get? What can, That's what totally are you willing different. to give me? Hold yeah. on, say that again. So you go to, you're helping us to be able to go in and tell them what you want yes. versus asking, what can I get? What That's can a I whole have? mind shift. That's a whole word. I like that. <laughs> Ma'am, because that's what most of us do. For somebody, right? Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And I know the listeners that that's a word because there are many of us who are even making six figures and don't have financial confidence. And I can speak about that piece too, because I remember when I first hit six figures, I was like, where's this money going? Like I still couldn't get approved for a car loan. Because I thought I was doing all the right things, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm running around making six figures, driving this raggedy bucket. Like you can hear me coming a mile away. And so even, and this is a good segue from that standpoint. Yes, my bag was together financially, Mm -hmm. but my emotional confidence, my physical confidence. I didn't want to go out nowhere with nobody and have to use valet because I had the raggediest car. You know what I mean? And so- In your experience, how has that transcended into what I call the other areas of flow? You know, I got the mother pillars, the emotional, you know, under the health pillar specifically, emotionally, mentally, and physically. How does your cash flow and your financial confidence impact those other areas? I don't even want to talk about it as like this separate thing that impacts the other areas because it's all the same. Yes. It's all the same. If you've been depriving yourself for so long that you don't even understand what your body needs or what your spirit needs, you'll start to fill those holes with stuff Mm. at any and every opportunity. 
saying your space is becoming full of all these things that don't even mean anything to you. Or maybe you got the temporary high of clicking add to cart. <laughs> your credit card information is probably already saved. So it was just two <laughs> clicks. The thing is on the way. You ain't even got to work. Boop, boop. You might be happy when it shows up at the door and you might not. So there's different sides to the emotional coin. It might be a reminder of this thing that you keep doing that's making your whole grow even bigger. Or you might get some kind of happiness out of it temporarily, and then you're on to find the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. So emotionally, you can tear yourself up in so many different ways. If you're depriving yourself into an emotional deficit, that then creates spending triggers, mm. right? But then if you sat down and you really study your own cash flow, and you make allowances for yourself to have the things that bring you joy, to spend the money you know, on the things for yourself, maybe you wouldn't have to try to fill in those emotional holes with binge shopping, mm-hmm. right? If you start to understand the way your mind works with money and your relationship with money, if you're having a bad day and your phone dings and Everland, whoever is telling you they're having a sale or you're getting an alert that this item that's on your list is 20% off, are you going to automatically go and get it? Or do you study yourself and realize these, like, I want to get these emails, but I don't want push alerts to my phone. And I'm going to create a separate email. Email addresses are free. Okay. We can have them Come on now for every little thing we want to do. So do I want to set up a separate one just for shopping? So the deals go there. And then when I decide that I'm ready to make a purchase, I can go into that inbox and look and see what kind of coupons or sales or special offers I have. Versus so it's just triggered all, into the sale, right? Yeah, it's very much interconnected. And so I know that they're, you know, solid pillars for you, but for myself or my financial healing, you know, getting out of that emotional hole of depriving myself for so long, I had to realize like, it's just all me. Yeah. It's just all a part of me. Different parts. That's woven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Gail, this is so good. You know, we're going to have to do a live, right? (laughs) I want to. Um, Oh my gosh. So I want you, and you can choose whatever you want, to maybe give us some tips, right? On whether it is ways that we need to prepare for the home buying process or things that you wish that you knew that you want to share with the audience because you're full of information. I don't want to put everything here because I want people to come and find you and utilize your services because just the amount of information that you've been able to drop, like literally, I never thought about creating a separate email address for all of those different things. Now I'm Mm -hmm. quick to unsubscribe and then feel like, oh, I'm about to miss out because what FOMO. if they got a 50%? Yeah. yeah, FOMO is a real thing. And I just got an alert the other day because I'm on the Michael Kors and the coach and all of that mm-hmm. 20% off right now. Congratulations, you qualify for it. And I'm like, delete, I got enough bags. I don't need none of that. Delete, I just purchased this. So the resources that you're already providing are super, super valuable and helpful to me. But if you could, what kind of tips do you want to provide? And then I'm going to let you get on up out of here because I know you got stuff to do too. So talk to us. <laughs> I want to say one, stop looking to your left and your right. 
stop paying attention to what size house and what neighborhood and all the stuff that other people have and what they've been able to achieve mm-hmm. and start to approach things from the understanding that you yesterday versus you today mm. is the only measuring stick you need. Ooh. It's you versus you out here, you know? So you have to get an understanding of what you want. In the coaching world, we call that clarity. <laughs> yep. Okay. Because if you're not clear on what you can live with, what kind of house you don't want to go out there trying to buy the trophy house, even if you can afford it and it's nothing to you. The mortgage is nothing to you. You can afford it. It's not going to help you if you're sitting in there feeling like this is too much house for little old me. Like, why did I do this? Right. What do you really need? Like, why did you get it? Get into that why is what it sounds like and not, like you said, looking to the left or the right. And Mm -hmm. what my parents would say is keeping up with the Joneses, right? Like, who are you trying to keep up with and why? For what? Sometimes it's keeping up with the Joneses. Sometimes I know I had this recurring thing. It's like, when my parents get off the plane at Jackson Hartsfield and I'm driving them and pulling up to my house, I want them to be proud of me. Mm-hmm. And it's the craziest thing because why would they not just be proud of the starter home that I purchased and the decisions that I made for my family to keep our housing expenses low so that I could work towards some of my other financial goals? Mm-hmm. Randy and Denise are going to be proud of me no matter what because they know the woman they raised yep. to make the decisions that are right. Yeah. And me having some towering home in a neighborhood that they don't even understand what that neighborhood is compared to the other ones here, right? They ain't even checking for it. (laughs) not going to make them more proud of me. So it's kind of an ego thing. It's really, you know, you've got to take the time to understand what you actually want. And sometimes you got to try things on and sit with it. Journaling is great. Mm. And journaling, keep track of every win along the way. If you were able to put $20 into a savings account and not go back and pull it out, that's a win. Huge win. Yeah. Oh, so with the Dave Ramsey stuff, the people who are able to pay off $230,000 of debt in 18 months, I don't want to take anything away from them, right? Right. That's such an accomplishment. But I don't want the person who's just been struggling not to pull that $20 out of their savings account week after week to feel like that's not a win because they're comparing it you know, to some huge feat that somebody else was able to take on. Somebody two different people. Who has $19,000 a Extra. month to pay towards, right? Extra. <laughs> so important because you have to start somewhere. Yeah. I remember being that person and feeling like it's only $20, right? Like, mm. does that even make a difference? And not feeling good about saving the little $20 because... I thought that I needed to be able to do what other people were doing, which was putting away 50% of their paycheck, right? Because I should, it's where we should all over ourselves. Should all over ourselves. And comparing ourselves. So I love that you point that out. Like definitely no diss or disrespect to anybody who has $19,000 a month to put towards it, but be okay. Even if it's $5, like I remember starting at $5 and working my way up. And then not being able to touch it, right? Because it's one thing if you put it in that account and then you're like, oh, you know what? I want a little extra on my grocery bill or I need to get my nails done. So you pulling it back out. Yeah. 
It's necessary. Okay, so Even if it's $5, don't look at that amount right now. What you're doing is developing a skill. Because when I tell you I went from paying hundreds of dollars to overdraft fees and not being able to say, I don't even know I had a savings account. What was it there for? <laughs> for decoration. <laughs> Mine was. It was yeah. I had the savings account open so long without putting anything in it that the bank closed it and was like, you ain't even got no activity. I don't know what you're looking for. Like, shut try, it down. Just, let's just try again when you're ready. Shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> but now today, literally the money that's in that savings account, I don't even consider it. It's not if my savings account got 30 grand and my checking account got $30, I got $30. Exactly. It's a mindset shift. Oh, this is so good. Okay. So I'm gonna hit you with the flow and flourish questions. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I ask these to everybody on here because it's so interesting to me to see the different perspectives. So number one, if you could go back to the 17 year old version of yourself and give her one piece of advice and one piece of advice only, what would it be and why? I would tell myself that it's okay to leave situations that don't make you feel good. Mm, Because even like in school, when you're working with a group and your teachers tell you, you can't get a different group because in the real world, you got to work with the same people. Why did they teach me that? That's a lie. Why did they teach me that? (laughs) Because I've spent so much of my adult life just trying to make do and make the best out of completely crappy situations. Mm-hmm. and just feeling stuck. And then you kind of alluded to it earlier in the conversation, like you feel even more stuck because you got kids to take care of. You know, you feel like you got to stay in this job, mm-hmm. even if they're paying you peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> because there's peanuts are putting food on the table. And, you know, I always talk about working with my child. So I had to go back and release myself from that. Yeah. You can walk away. Mm. You can walk away and you can walk into something better there's a better fit for you Mm -hmm. as long as you have the clarity of what it is that you need and the role that you play Mm -hmm. and those situations come into pass. It's okay to walk away. I love that. And you know, we're going to have to talk a little bit more about this inner child work. We ain't going to get into it now. That might be too, (laughs) ma'am. Because I love that. And it's so important. And that's really why I asked the question because I know for me, 17 was a pivotal year. But being able to go back even further, right? And so Mm -hmm. at least bringing an awareness to what would I tell my 17-year-old self? So I love that you would go back and tell her it's okay to walk away from situations that don't make you feel good. Okay. So number two, because we're on the Flow and Flourish podcast, tell me something that you do on a regular basis to make sure that you flow and flourish. Routines. I have this whole self-first ideology that I've been living out and developing ever since P2P. Haven't spoken much about it because I knew that it was like a new thing that I was evolving into. I knew I wasn't going to just be talking about money forever, but the R in first is routine. Mm. And it's really uh, well, this is a whole method. Hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sneak peek. Okay, the Ask Bill Rice podcast. Y'all is hearing it first this spring? New stuff, new stuff in yeah. my new voice. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to have routines, and so for me, 
lately it's been my self-care routine of just making time that, you know, to have silence every weekend at some point. I know the listeners can't see, but you can see I have on my white. This is like me quieting things yeah. around me and also like ordering my meals for the week, making sure that on Friday I'm placing a grocery order so that I can pick those things up on Saturday and just not have to be burdened with like, what are we having for dinner tonight? Ma'am, I literally, before this call, was on a productivity call with this group that I'm partnering with. <laughs> and I was writing out, I'm starting these tips on Friday, like Flow Friday tips. And one of the things, you hit two of them already. So they'll see it, you know, next week. But it's making, scheduling me time, mm-hmm. right? And also preparing your meals, whether it's mentally or whatever for the week, because of the amount of time, whether it's just yourself or you got a whole household of five, 10 people, the mental capacity that it creates and being able to have that part of your regular routine is tremendous. So I'm all over it. Girl, we vibing. (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. And I definitely want to learn more about what you've been practicing and I'm assuming they're going to be coaching people on at some point at some point but you know I gotta practice what I preach and you really opened my eyes to capacity because before we met I was working an extremely stressful full-time job Mm -hmm. I'm still in the mortgage industry and stressful in a sense that it just kept absorbing more and more of my time Mm -hmm. um eating into other areas. I have a almost three-year-old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was between work, mommy, I was in grad school. There were some things I felt like my grad school program wasn't necessarily preparing me for. And so I was seeking those things out with other programs. I'm trying to fill in the gaps because I was just so anxious to, you know, move on to a new field. Yeah. And <laughs> Went, graduated from the master's degree program, went straight into Purpose to Platform, Mm. and then heard this woman talking about capacity. And I was like, what? What am I doing? (sighs) What am I doing? So this idea of listening to myself, giving my body what it needs, is so new to me that I knew I had to sit in it and understand it and practice what I plan to preach. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that I've um, found the light and living this self-first lifestyle and money is up in there too. Like I said, it's not something that it's even can exist as a purpose. separate thing. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, routine. Oh my gosh. I just, I'm super thankful that talking about capacity struck a chord with you because like you, living a capacity lifestyle is something that I too and practicing and honestly stepping away from my six figure full time job was me practicing capacity. I didn't know it at the time, but even a year before doing that, I started this work not knowing that it was capacity. So the fact that it, you know, stuck and resonated with you and that it's already helping you to branch off and to reprioritize what is important for you is like amazing. So thank you for even sharing that because I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you just yeah. made I'll be forever <laughs> grateful for someone creating a space where women can talk about these kinds of things as opposed to the 
advice that always was given to me was, uh, you know, as a mom, you got to do what you got to do. Right. Suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Girl, if I hear that one more time, like, (laughs) (laughs) yes, I'm so glad. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the last question that I have for you. You have dropped all kind of words, gems, nuggets. Girl, I'm gonna have to find a new word for what you dropped because so (laughs) much, just so much of it. But if there's one thing that you want our listeners to walk away with today, after listening to this podcast, what would it be? It would simply be, you matter. Mm. Matter, what you feel matters, what you desire matters. And if you don't listen to yourself, Who else do you think is going to do it? Because no one's going to come knocking on your front door to ask you what you need today. So you got to be the one to wake up and ask yourself what that is. And what is that for each area of flow? You know, what is that? For Mm. money, what do you need? To get to your next level, what do you need? And what does that look like to you? And is that next level based on what you want? Or is it based on what society says your next level should be? what they say right yeah girl you know I want to throw this microphone across the room (laughs) I ain't gonna do it because I got more podcasts that I need to record (laughs) that is so good you matter I'm gonna need you to put that on a mug a t-shirt something because you know that's why I started the I am a priority right like you matter and we need to continuously remind ourselves and the people around us because I know Yes, my mom and auntie say that now, but I also have to remind them that you matter. Let me do some stuff for you too, right? Yeah. yeah. So leaving us with you matter. I love that. Thank you so, so much. Okay. Last but not least, I always want to make sure that our listeners have an opportunity to follow up with you, find out how they can work with you, if there's anything that you have going on. So come on and let us know where they can find you in social media. I know I'll have that information in the links, but I want them to hear it from you too. Yeah, I'm Ask Gail Rice. Look, people always get on me for my X versus Ask. (laughs) A-S-K, Gail is G-A-Y-L-E, Ask Gail Rice on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're a woman who feels like home ownership is a part of that next step for you, that next level, whether you're looking to refinance your house, to reach your next financial goals, if you're looking at getting to buying an investment property, any step that you're wanting to take that involves the mortgage process and purchasing a home, come and join us at the Confident Homebuyers Community for Women on Facebook. I go live every Thursday just to talk about different things. I drop knowledge in the group because I want people to have that experience that when they walk into a banker's office or they meet with them virtually, talk to them on the phone, they're coming from the standpoint of this is what I need. This is what I want and not what can you give me. Girl, you know, I'm there. I didn't realize we went (laughs) live every Thursday. So I will be there. I'm putting that into my calendar because the work that you do is amazing. And I just want to Thank you again for creating the space for us to have those conversations as well, because like you said, we're not having them. We was asking Jeeves and everybody else. And now (laughs) really being able to tap into the expertise that you have, not just from your personal experience, but even professionally working within the mortgage industry. And what you're doing is 
working out of purpose, right? Like you said, you're not a realtor or any of those things. The benefit that you get is having the impact on making sure that people are armed with knowledge and that they have financial confidence. So ma'am, thank you for what you do. Girl, thank you. (laughs) This was so good. Yes, it was. (laughs) Wow. Can I just say how amazing this podcast episode is? Like, I know that you are walking away with a ton of value, a ton of information, and so many things to really help you get your financial confidence in order. I literally learned so much in talking with Gail today, and I'm so grateful for her obedience and her ability to show up and just for her yes. So make sure that you guys are going to follow her, check out the lives that she's doing, make sure that you're reaching out and letting her know how this episode has helped you as well. And guys, just really think about, especially as we close out the first quarter of 2021, where does your financial confidence sit? Okay. And of course, I always, always, always invite you to connect with me as well and reach out, tag me. Let me know what your key takeaway was from this episode. Let me know what kind of information you're sharing with your other sister friends as a result of this episode, because I know there's got to be something. And of course, if you have not already, I will keep asking you and telling you to make sure that you're rating this podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast because my goal is really to make sure that I'm impacting and helping as many women as possible, and I can't do that alone. So I hold myself accountable, and I'm going to charge you with that too. Make sure you're sharing this with other women, and make sure you're doing the work that you need to do for yourself and your family. So ladies, we only have two more episodes in this Women's History, I Am a History Maker Month. So make sure that you are tuning in for these next couple of episodes, as well as tuning into the lives that I'm hosting on Fridays. Because at some point, I'm probably going to go to a once every two weeks or once a month live. Because as a capacity coach, I'm managing my capacity too. Okay? So until the next episode... I continue to pray that you are happy, you are healthy, you are whole, and that you are doing the work that you need to do to be able to flow and flourish. I look forward to continuing to be your capacity coach and helping you to really increase your capacity for sustainable success by helping you create balance between your personal and professional life in a way where you don't have to sacrifice yourself your family, and what matters most to you. Talk to you soon.